every single play of every single game impacts you in some way, shape, or form. It's You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM. It is You Better You Bet. It is a magnificent Monday. It is Nick Costos, it is Ken Barkley, and it is you here with us on the BetQL Network, simulcast by our friends at Stadium for the next two hours and a badass two hours of wagertainment. It will be. Our friend Matt Moore from the Action Network is going to stop by in just a second to recap the atrocity that was All-Star Weekend in the NBA, and we'll spin it forward to the second half of the NBA season. Uh, We'll talk NBA Most Valuable Player coming up later this hour. Brad Evans will join us to talk some college hoops as we're a month away from the tournament, less than a month away till Selection Sunday, which is on St. Patrick's Day this year, Sunday, March 17th, so less than a month away. We're going to ramp up the college basketball content on the show as we approach the NCAA tournament. We got National Football League cooking coming up next hour. We think we know what the NFL season uh, season opener is going to be on Friday night in Brazil. The Thursday night game will be in Kansas City, obviously. And then the Eagles will host, in, in air quotes, the game in Brazil Friday night of Week 1. And it looks like they'll play the Cleveland Browns. So Eagles-Browns looks to be the matchup the opening Friday night of the NFL season. We'll give you our early thoughts on projected side and total markets for that game. We also have NFL Coach of the Year up at our show sponsor, BetMGM. All sorts of great National Football League conversation to get to coming up next hour on the show. We'll also talk to Drew Dinsick, the whale capper, about the second half of the NBA season. All our bets for tonight coming up in the power hour, the final hour of the show. And when I say that, I mean for like three hockey games. Because, you know, there's nothing going, going on, on right, right now. Because yeah. there's Happy nothing going on right now. Yeah. Uh, I have the first period over right now in the Red Wings-Kraken game. We are currently scoreless like six minutes into the period. Not going great. So hopefully we'll mm. get a couple goals on the board. So why don't we, uh, while I wait for some goals to be scored in Seattle, let's. <laughs> how many times has that sentence been uttered? Let's bring on our friend Matt Moore from the Buckets Podcast, the Action Network, uh, Bet NBA Betstream, on Twitter, at HB Basketball. Uh, he takes mug. a sip. Out of yeah. his Kansas City Chiefs mug, Super Bowl champion. I mean, was there ever a doubt? Like this, let me tell you something. This jabroni, I love Matt. This jabroni comes on the show and it's like, ah, yeah. oh, I'm worried about my Chiefs. I'm so worried. I, yeah. I, I don't know. I'm worried about Josh Allen in Buffalo. Is Artua Tungavailo and the Dolphins going to get us in sub-zero <laughs> temperatures? And yet here we are again, Super Bowl champions. Congratulations, Matt, on your Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Nick and Ken, great to have you back on the show. How's it going? Good, man. Got back in from Indianapolis in the All-Star game last night. Uh, great weekend in Indy. Uh, if you attend All-Star, great weekend. If you watch on TV, save yourself. Um, and so anyway, it was a good weekend, ready to get into. This is my favorite time of the year in the NBA. We, we, it's playoff time, baby. Like We're, we're looking at playoff seedings, matchups, finding future value based on what the bracket's going to be, awards futures. It's going to be great. Uh, I'm ready for basketball season to really begin. And Matt, you basically alluded to it there. Like we we didn't go uh, to Indiana. We we watched it. So we're the suckers, I guess. And you got to go and apparently have like just we'll do like the bad in the second, which is like us watching it, how terrible it was. But you were there and you kind of said it was like, what was the awesomest part about being there? Like, was it a great host city? Like, what what did you do? What's the what's the fun part about being there as opposed to watching it on TV? Okay, so like a lot of complaints from the inside the NBA crew about like the weather and all that stuff. I'm just going to say right now, New York was worse. Toronto was worse right off the bat. At least Indy can handle it. It's got good infrastructure. Um, This is the thing about All-Star Weekend that I've come to really appreciate. It's a celebration of basketball once you get outside of the events. Um, Like there's NBA crossover, which used to be NBA Jam, and it's like this massive festival. Outside of all the NBA stuff. stuff As long as we don't include the players, it's great, guys. 
um, you, you just there's a celebration of basketball. There's these events that have artists and they do panels talking about basketball and hoops culture and uh, fashion and like kids are so excited. I'm walking behind these families and these kids are going to crossover. This just like NBA fan event. And this kid's like, I'm so excited. Are you excited, mom? Like, it's so cool to see this stuff. And they get to meet some of their players and get autographs when they don't get that kind of connection. Indy was great in terms of the crowd. This is the best Saturday night crowd I've ever been at. Cause usually it's just corporate sponsors. And because it was at Lucas oil and it's so huge, they had room to let actual fans in and the fans were actually loud for Sabrina versus Curry. It was really cool. It was like, these parts of it are really cool. If we just get past how much of a joke the players have made the events, you can really enjoy all-star weekend. You just can't enjoy anything that's televised. I, I'll, I've said this before on the show, and I'll just throw this out there, just in case people haven't heard me say this or others say it. Indianapolis is an incredible host city for events. Yes. Super Bowls, Final Four, NFL Combine. Very, and like you might hear, like, oh, well, Indy, how could that the Midwest, how, how could that be great? Like a fun city to attend an event at. I'm telling you, I've been there many times. It is an amazing, underrated city. Like a great host city for events like this. Um, so, Matt, like, glad you had a great time. We had a miserable time having to watch the game, having to watch Saturday night. So I'm going to give you an open-ended question here, and this could be as long or short an answer as you'd you'd like here. Um, Is there anything that can be done? Like to like make this even like somewhat of a pleasurable viewing experience, either Saturday or Sunday moving forward, or are we just like stuck with this garbage forever? Okay, so a couple things. Um, One, let's move three-point contest to the end. It's the marquee event. We live in a shooting era. Let's move three-point contest to the end. These are the best shooters in the world. It's a pretty competitive group. Like, those guys want to win. Like, you see them really trying to win the three-point contest. They're not just, like, hoisting up shots underhanded. They're not shooting lefty like Anthony Edwards in the in the skills comp. Let's do that first. Let's put that at the end and make that the marquee. Until the players reestablish the dunk contest, three-point contest gets closure because we actually get stars in the three-point contest. From there, this is the big thing. It's got to be on the stars. The league talked to the MVPA and was like, hey, guys, this is a real problem. Everyone hates this event. And the MVPA was like, yeah, we totally agree. This is kind of a joke. Like, we got to try harder. Like, this is a thing that we got to really fix. Like, Jalen Brown talked about it. Jalen Brown tried to actually play some defense in the All-Star game. And none of the star players are on board. There was a podcast with J.J. Redick and Tyrese Halliburton. It's been very instructive. There's a thing in it where it's discussing the 65 game rule. And Hallie says... Look, we all support the MVPA. We love them. But, like, I care about my stuff first. I'm more concerned about my earning potential. And that's where all of this lands. Why are you going to try? Because it can increase your risk of injury. And you can play to 40 now. So, like, if you suffer an injury that just takes years off the end of your career, that could be, like, $60 million. And it doesn't matter that they make $300 million. It doesn't matter that they're going to make $800 million in their career. That's $60 million, and they want the extra $60 million. Until the players reassert this, and like I don't like to blame LeBron for everything, but I will say this, the dunk contest started with him refusing to do it because he was an obvious fit for a guy. Jordan had done it. All of these great – Kobe's done it. LeBron was the first truly great player to be like, nah. And that started this trend. You have to have the best players in the league be like, this is part of my resume. Part of my resume as a defining player is I won the dunk contest or I was all-star game MVP. You have to have that leadership from the players. And as long as they're going to be like, nah, I just want to party and hang out and not get hurt and and just really have a good time. Th- this is what we're going to get. And there's no amount of, of, you know, you could provide incentives, I guess, and maybe it'll work. My suggestion, honestly, 
move it back to fall. I know you're competing with football. Have it be the preseason opener as like, this is a celebration of basketball. Do it during the week so you're not entering, interrupting with football. You're going to lose some audience there. That's fine. Do it but do it in the middle of the week and then have the in-season tournament be your mid-season event because everyone agreed that was awesome. You can make that into a bigger thing with a rest included. That to me is what should be done about the All-Star game. Yeah, and it's tough too because like let's say you have it in like November, like you don't even know who should be an All Star at that point. So like there, there are going to be guys that make it that like aren't even the best player. Like there's so there's a there's a downside whichever whichever way you try to do this. I think it's kind of the point. Like there isn't a perfect fix. So let me ask you this, Matt. Next year, I, I, uh, where is the All Star game next year? Really quick before before we do this, I'm just curious. San Francisco. Oh, oh, right. Because the idea is like Steph, like they should do like. But the, is every freaking event in like San Francisco, right. like for like yes. in perpetuity? I mean, God, yes, do yeah. we have anything on the East? I guess we just had this in Indiana, to be fair. Anyway, yeah, it was in the Midwest. It was like a little, yeah, it was a little different. New Orleans next year for the Super Bowl, which will be really nice. Uh, next year, the All Star, I'll just fill in the blank here. Next year, the All Star game is in the Bay Area. Give me something that you feel really confident will be different in like the format of Sunday that they didn't have this. They're definitely going to try to make a bunch of changes. Just it's exactly what they did last year. And not saying they're going to work. Just like, tell me something you think they're going to try to do next year. Man, I don't know. Cause like, maybe they'll try and provide a cash. Maybe they'll try a cash incentive. You know, that's what they did for the in season tournament. And it worked fairly well. Um, the, there's a report from Sam Amick that some whispers from the players that don't want to go on record predictably are like, you know, well, if we don't get paid for it, come on, man. Again, like, it's just really frustrating because I understand their perspective where it's not your body, it's not your money, and you're right, you're not wrong. It's just like, man, at some level, I've been on this for a while, there's an ecosystem that exists that makes everyone so much money that's involved with the NBA, and that's owners and teams and players um, and media. All Everybody benefits from it. But an important part of that ecosystem is the fans, and no one cares about it because the money keeps coming. And that's going to have to be the thing that changes it. It's like there's going to have to be until the money is threatened, there's not going to be real change. And that's really frustrating. But I also just don't know what else to do about from the perspective of where the players are. I think these players are amazing. I think the players are more involved in their communities than ever. I think that this is the most skilled generation that we've seen. I think this generation of, of players is absolutely phenomenal. I also think that um, there was such an, a, a power imbalance in the NBA for so long there's been a very rightful correction, but it has shifted too far towards the superstars only and not the players as a whole. And I'm not sure that anybody's really winning with how this approach is working currently. Well, they are. The superstars are the winning. Superstars. Right. So, yeah, yes, the superstars are. I, I would argue that they're winning. winning. But we're, we're, we, are, we are losing. You better you better hear yeah. with Nick and Ken on a Monday talking the NBA with our friend Matt Moore from the Buckets Podcast and the Action Network on Twitter at HP Basketball. Matt, is the NBA in trouble? I'm just kidding. I don't want to ask that question, even though I'm sure you'll give us a good answer. Instead, uh, we're about to enter the second half of the season, Matt. Give us a bet that you are very excited to make here as we approach the second half, or a bet that you have placed that you are very excited to see play out as we enter the second half of the NBA season. Yeah, on our podcast, Buckets, we recorded this morning, gave out a bunch of, of regular season win totals. This is a great spot to start getting in on this. So one of the things I noticed in the market was basically that if you take the actual win percentage times 82 games and get that win number and then subtract that from where the market is at on these numbers, it comes in an average of one point of one win higher, which is saying that these books are basically expecting a, on average, a little bit of an overperformance when we know that this is about to be March, when there are more injuries, more rest situations, more messiness than ever. And that to me is an incorrect. So I think there's a good spot here to get in on some of these numbers and take some unders. 
Um, I'm already, I've, I've taken big positions on Denver's under throughout from the moment it opened back in July all the way through now, but I have to bet it again because it's currently 55 and a half in the market. This Denver team does not profile as a 55 win team. This Denver team profiles more as a 50 to 52 win team at max. And I wouldn't be surprised if they underperform that a little bit. They've had an average, they're getting a little bit banged up here and there. They should be good out of the all-star break, but then they're very likely to have Jamal Murray miss a few more. And when they're not, when they're whole, when the starting five plays, they're awesome. But when they're not, that win percentage drops quite a bit. There's a good spot, I think, to get in there. The Clippers are also, like, this number is out of control. It's 55 and a half, 56 and a half, some, some points in the market. That's crazy. Um, the Clippers are awesome. They're, I think they're a, a title contender. That's a team that doesn't need, isn't going to feel the need to win 57 games. They're going to be satisfied with 53 and a three seed. So there's a little bit of value, I think, in that spot. Um, a great way to kind of look at this too is if you think that Denver's not going to go over 55 and a half, it's very likely that Oklahoma City does. And that puts them at least within a puncher's chance of getting the one seed. And if they win the one seed, Shea Gillis Alexander is going to win MVP. I'm not saying that that's definitely going to happen. If the Wolves win and the Thunder get two even by a half game, I think Jokic wins. But there's value in betting on Shea. If you're like me and you think the Thunder are the best team in the Western Conference, and I do, there's value on not betting the over, not betting the division, and just jumping right to Shea Gillis-Alexander to win MVP. You made my job really easy there, Matt, because I was going to ask you about MVP. And uh, Nick and I were having this really funny back and forth in the chat where I'm like, what do we want to do next? I was like, I think I need to do MVP. And you're like, let me tell you why I think SGA is good. So we have like a minute left here, and there, there are no games tonight, so I can't ask you what you like tonight. Uh, I got like Thursday, I guess. But in a minute here, we had news like right before the show, Jacques Vaughn got fired as the, the head coach of the Nets. It looks like the Nets are going to promote Kevin Ollie, like the former UConn like national championship winning coach. Uh, and he'll run practice on Tuesday. Woj has that. In about a minute here, like what's interesting about this for people? What should they know? I think one of the things that's kind of interesting is their uh, draft position is such that they still need to try and compete. And it's going to be interesting. I think because they're promoting from within, they're likely to keep the same kind of profile uh, for the rest of the season. And to be honest with you, that team, they had a real dip in December, but overall that team's been really good against the spread. I think there's value in kind of finding spots to back Brooklyn because this team takes a lot of threes and tries the offensive rebound. That's a really good formula when you don't have a superstar. So I'm actually surprised that they fired Jacques Vaughn. I think it was a mistake. I think he actually did a much better job than he was given credit for. There's a lot of numbers that indicate that Brooklyn's probably better than what their numbers, than what their overall record has suggested. So I think there's going to be a, an, an opportunity here for Brooklyn to be a spoiler. I don't want to bet them on a futures basis because they will probably tail off just to keep guys healthy like Mikhail Bridges. But there's probably an opportunity here to look for them night by night and see opportunities where they're going to sneak up on teams because their combination of three-point shooting, versatility, and offensive rebounding makes them a tough team against the spread pretty much every single night. Matt, we appreciate it. Fantastic job as always on Twitter at HP Basketball, written work at the Action Network, Buckets Podcast, NBA Betstream. Uh, stay well. Um, enjoy not the games tonight. Uh, but enjoy the games coming up later this week, and we'll talk to you soon. Talk soon, guys. Hey. Our friend Matt Moore joining us here on You Better You Bet. You know what I like? I like games. We, can yeah. we get some freaking games, man. Grab some games, <laughs> please. All right, coming up next, more NBA from Nick and Ken, including a little most valuable player.